Hello, everyone. My name is David Smith, and I am the host of the Armchair Commentary. On this week's episode, we're talking about a Canadian Boxing Day tradition uh, that goes carries on well into the new year, and that is the IIHF World Junior Hockey Championship. That's right, we're talking World Juniors. I thought, who better to have this conversation with than my good friend Matthew Slonwhite, our uh, resident hockey fan. So we are going to buckle in, kind of break down some of the tradition, some of the thoughts, and uh, maybe even talk about some of our favorite moments. If you haven't already, please do me the absolute pleasure of hitting the subscribe button. I would really appreciate it if you like this podcast. Please don't be shy. Give me a five-star rating. Give me a zero-star rating. Let me know how we're doing. It's the only way we can improve. Um, I appreciate anyone taking the time out of uh, their day to give us a listen throughout the year. I've got some thank yous at the very end. I'd appreciate if you could listen to. Uh, I think that's all I have off the top. So let's get started. So it's the time of year where many Canadian hockey fans in particular um, go about the most sacred of traditions. And it usually starts on Boxing Day. And that is when the first World Junior Championship game for Team Canada uh, starts. And the tournament really kicks off. So I thought it'd be fun to bring uh, big-time hockey fan uh, Matt back on the show. Matt, thanks uh, for Thanks for having me again, David. Uh, so you're a huge hockey fan. Uh, what have the, was the world juniors, uh, tradition for you growing up? Is it still something that you look forward to watching, uh, even now? As oh, yeah. if not more nowadays, cause now it's a, an acceptable drinking event with buddies. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's been an event for, uh, as long as I can remember, it's a, it's a staple of the holidays here in Canada. I know we've been a part of my life, um, being heavy into hockey, uh, at a very young age. Um, it's funny nowadays, friends ask you what you're doing for the holidays and it literally will evolve around whatever the world junior schedule is. Um, I can picture many new years sitting in front of the TV, watching Canada versus us, um, and plans heavily evolving around that. Just the other day, going to visit, uh, my sister and her family and, my brother-in-law and I organize things around the start time of the hockey game. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's a... Uh... Well, and that's that's one of those things that, that even as a, like, as a kid, I remember uh, New Year's Eve uh, in particular, where it used to be almost always be um, the Canada-U.S. rivalry, um, that whole night plans were like I had friends that were like yeah we're gonna go to this party and blah 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 and I was like but you can't watch the hockey game if you go to a party oh, and no, I just didn't dude. understand it because it was more important for me to watch that that hockey game and of course uh to hopefully watch Canada win well if, it's funny it goes back to I think um the first um episode one of the first episodes that I was on with you we talked about how um people start to use the words like we and us like like we're a part of the team and the funny thing is when you when you start talking team canada team usa um for the most part you're in a room full of people cheering for the same team my buddies that'll chirp nonstop for being leafs fans or bruins fans or ducks fans whatever they may be me being a habs fan and us chirping each other back like all of that is gone 
or like the only chirping that comes to is be like, oh, well, that's our draft pick. That That's our rookie that's up and coming, uh, talking like that. So um, it's funny how comes World Juniors, how it really brings everyone together because they, even family members that aren't diehard hockey fans uh, like myself or my old man or my brother-in-law, like it was everyone surrounds the TV because everyone is so amped and excited because talk about something, and I think Hockey Hand has used it in ads and stuff like that before, but just talking to like one nation and stuff like that, bringing country together. Uh, talk about World Juniors, your, your family's already together for, from the holidays and then you throw hockey into the mix in Canada, it's crazy. I think that one of the cool things that's happened um, even in the last, I'll call it 10 years, but it's really been longer than that is um, not only the growth of the game of hockey, because if we're, if we're being fully honest uh, as Canadians, uh, we care a lot about what the U S thinks, especially about our sporting achievements. And um, uh, hockey has been one of the, it's like, it's always been our sport, but for a long time, uh, American teams have won the Stanley Cup. It hasn't been since 93 um, that a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. It was the team that you and I both cheer for. Yep. And uh, and it, I feel like uh, throughout that entire period, though, we have always had um, our national programs to kind of fall back on. Uh, it, it used to be almost a sure thing that Canada would go either close to, if not undefeated in this tournament, and the Americans would probably do the same thing. Uh, but today, uh, I think it is, there's, there's a larger amount of parity. Have you noticed like a big growth in the game, not just uh, to the American side, where the U.S. Uh, uh, developmental program has really taken incredible strides. Uh, I mean, you've even, you can see that in the draft, the amount of guys that are getting drafted in the top 10 from that U.S. Uh, developmental program. But even over in Europe, where you're seeing teams like uh, the Finnish team and the Swedish team and uh, the Russians and the Czechs, and it doesn't really matter who you play in this tournament today, um, the teams are good. There are no real gimmies. You used to be, uh, you used to have your warm up game against like Belarus or Switzerland, and that, that's not the deal anymore. There is no real warm up game anymore. Have you noticed that? Uh, growth. What would what would you say about the uh, the state of the game? I guess in the junior ranks. Oh no, it's it's definitely changed. And from my opinion, I, I feel like it's for the better. Um, you look at today's uh, at the national at the NHL level, um, it the game has become more about uh, speed, um, precise shooting. Uh, in Europeans have always excelled very well uh, in that side of things. Um, they've always had the few that uh, shine through and make their way to the NHL. I wish I could remember exactly what it was on, but uh, early on in World Juniors, uh, there was an interview um, with uh, a member of uh, the Finland Ice Hockey uh, Federation. So I'm not sure of their exact name, but like how we have Hockey Canada. Um, but uh, they talked mm-hmm. about how they changed the structure of their program and started to see the difference in it and I wish I could remember all the names of the people that they rhymed off that started making the not even just the first round but like your top 10 first rounders um they've produced a lot of big names 
over the course of the last, uh, even stretch it back to, I'd say, roughly a decade. Uh, You look at a country like Finland, who had some superstars out of it, had um, Saku and Miko Koivu, who are both extremely well-respected hockey players. Um, And Saku will go down in Montreal history. Um, They start producing another great, great stepping stone for another European country, Germany, um, with uh, Dreisaitl, the way he's performing in Edmonton. Um, you start getting these countries that are producing these big time names and it looks so much better for their programs because young kids start believing, well, that can be me. It's, it's one thing in Canada, um, being in the province that, uh, has produced now, um, McKinnon, Mershon, Crosby, and you have a lot of other names starting to pop up. Um, you, you're starting to hear about Graves on Colorado, who's from uh, Garmouth. So we're in a province that has started to produce a lot of big names uh, in the NHL. And we talk about uh, amongst coaches in the minor hockey system, how it hurts us here because almost every single kid thinks their every single parent thinks their kid is the next McKinnon or Crosby or Marshall. And over there, they don't have a whole lot of people to really idolize. So now that you're starting to see names, I think it's good where it's the opposite on the flip side for us where we have so many. Um, but over there, you're starting to see these names um, and kids start believing, oh, th- this is this is real. This is something that I, that I can possibly do. And the talent that's over there is remarkable. Uh, and some of, the ta- some of the hidden talent over there um, that just doesn't get exposed and then World Juniors helps bring that stage to them to shine because you, know, you have pretty much every scout in the world watching you when you're at the world juniors. It's um, it's really interesting because a country. So like, if you take a country like Switzerland who has not produced a ton of like top prospects, they have some, like some pretty good guys, but they haven't produced a ton of prospects that have just really taken over the world stage. And it wasn't really until like a guy like Timo Meyer, who uh, we both got to see as a Halifax Moosehead, came onto the scene that they really kind of pushed their program into the spotlight. And I feel like that's how a lot of countries, how it happens for a lot of countries is you have a great junior prospect who's playing in the Canadian Hockey League somewhere, or they're playing in the American uh, developmental programs, or Maybe they're playing uh, collegiate hockey somewhere, but they get this tournament and they haven't been drafted yet, but they're going to be drafted soon, either this year or the next. And you're just, they're, they're looking for somewhere where they can say, Hey, you know what? We've got great hockey players here as well. And I think that it's really like as frustrating as it is as a fan of team Canada, as a Canadian myself to watch, um, you know, our team, compete and not win as many games i can remember many games um from some pretty stacked canadian rosters uh where they were just like it was a route and as fun as it is to route a team here and there um i think everyone really prefers a lot of like a lot more close games i'd rather i mean i i don't want the cardiac arrest that usually happens but 
I think most people would say that they prefer a back and forth game, a, a close game. And it's really, it gives people the opportunity, especially younger, uh, undrafted uh, guys in various leagues, an opportunity to kind of showcase and maybe elevate their draft stock. Uh, unfortunately, with Olympics every four years, if you're not uh, pre-draft on one of those years, you need somewhere else to do it. And the juniors, if you're under, what is it, under 18, uh, you, you, can't, you can't really beat that opportunity to showcase it. Um, something that I did want to mention just as a kind of a, a note about we're talking about national teams. Um, this is really the time of year for it. Uh, we currently have three international tournaments on and not just the juniors, although I think that that's probably the, the premier tournament. Um, there's also, I think, I, um, is it Ivan Holenko that's on right now? Um, for Spengler Cup. Spengler Cup. And what's the, uh, there's a women's tournament on as well. Um, yeah, the Women's uh, World Under 18, um, which is in Slovakia uh, right now. Um, and they, uh, Canada is actually currently 3-0 and in that and plays in the semis on New Year's Day, which is huge because, well, like, women's hockey is one of the biggest pushes right now. Um, and I would say our local market uh, in Halifax is extremely strong on it. Getting to being involved in the minor hockey system locally, uh, I get to see a little bit more of it and uh, talk to friends and family who have, girls that are playing hockey and in all girls leagues it's take it's gone leaps and bounds compared to when you or I grew up in the system like for the fact for girls to have their own complete league and a highly competitive league is remarkable uh, and great to see for the game and one of the ads that hockey Canada keeps running during the world world juniors and it's um, something along the lines of uh, let's make hockey more and it showcased kind of the general theme is showing females playing hockey and stuff like that. So my interpretation of that is about making it more than just a game and getting more people involved. Um, our pro- I'm really proud of our province and everything that we do. We have quite a few programs that are actually um, will help um, ISANS, which is a uh, immigrant association for helping um, them learn the game of hockey. Obviously you have a lot of, um, Sri Lankan um, refugees right now in Nova Scotia so this association helps them learn the game uh, and then um, there's another association I can't remember the exact name of it um, for African Canadian uh, hockey and that program has continues to grow leaps and bounds year after year uh, and get more people interested in the game like it, it's I call it a game, but it's so much more than a game at this point because, like I said, it brings families, it brings friends, it brings everyone together um, for this uh, common bond. Um, when you start talking at this world championship level, like it's it's pretty remarkable to see. It's uh, Hockey Canada's gone pretty remarkable in quite a few ways. Yeah, one of my favorite things about the tournament is that sometimes it's not a guy who goes on or a girl that goes on to the pros. So in the juniors, uh, there have been times where there haven't been, um, there have been guys that have backstopped Canada to victories. Um, there have been, you know, goaltenders who have played, who have not been, you know, your carry prices. There have been guys all over that roster 
who are, you know, role players who earned their way onto Team Canada as a junior and managed to um, step up in the moment. Um, and with that in mind, I just wanted to ask, do you have a favorite World Junior moment over the years? We'll end it on this. I just want to kind of get your take. Do you have a favorite one or two uh, World Juniors moments that you can uh, let the listeners know about? Um that's a uh, that's a possibly long list. Um, there's um, um oh you got me. I know that, you got me torn on that one. Um, I know it's tough because there so there's so much that goes on with it. Um, but I think um, a lot of people. Um, have watched for so long like this is the thing we've how long have you been watching the world oh, as long as i can remember because um since being a child watching it with my dad right so the inaugural season the unofficial inaugural was um 74 but the se- 77 was the first um official world junior which is insane that means that we are you know, we are so deep into this tournament now that it's not even, you know, it's not even remotely close to being able to go back and be like, well, you know, in this year we had this. And um, I think for my like most memorable ones may have been um, the like <sighs> the Everlake game time goal. <laughs> Was it? Well, I was no, I was the Everly game time goal was ridiculous. That whole um, that whole game was incredible. The amount of time left on the clock made it super intense uh, and probably one of the more memorable moments. Um, was it Marc Andre Fleury who made the clearing attempt? Was that Olympics or was that World Junior? See, and this is where it gets confusing. Well, not something. Anytime anyone um, mentions iconic moment with international hockey, obviously you think of the Crosby goal. Um, right. The, the golden goal is, is by far one of the more memorable. Um, there were just, there were just a lot of moments. I think that, uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot here. The, um, the 2005, um, world juniors and grand forks, um, believe that that team Canada, uh, was the like ultra stacked, um, team Canada. Oh five. Well, that's oh yeah. That's the, that was that, that's the Crosby year. That's Brent Seabrook, Dion Phaneuf, Shea Weber, Crosby, Jeff Carter, Ryan Getzlaff, uh, Andrew Ladd, Corey Perry, um, Patrice Bergeron, and then this is what I'm talking about um, when I talk about guys who, you know, maybe aren't the like the the be all end all guys. Um, Nigel Dawes was on that team. Danny Sabret was on that team. Um, Rene Beauchemin was on that team. Jeff Glass. People are talking about Jeff Glass in the in the bigs right now in, in the mm-hmm. NHL. So, like, the team was an incredibly stacked team, but in goal, we were talking about, you know, someone who isn't currently a, a superstar. And I believe they beat um, 
Russia. That was the Ovechkin-led. Uh, Ovechkin uh, and Malkin. Alexei Yemelin was on the team. Radulov yeah, Russia, was on Russia the was runner-up that year. Yeah. Anton Kadobin was in net. Um, but they just had everybody was kind of crazy. That was probably my most, like, that Canadian team just being so fast and so skilled uh, that it was just unbelievable to watch. But then Russia kind of came in and they uh, they gave us a run for our money. And that may have been uh, the beginning of the end of Canada's reign of, you know, terror. The The Americans came out hard. The, the Russians have come out hard. Uh, Sweden and Finland have both put together great teams, as we've mentioned. So uh, it's going to be an interesting tournament. Canada's in a little tough right now. I think they have the Czechs. Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to watch that game because and, the, uh, that uh, division for standings is the most messed up I've seen it in a long time. It makes it way more exciting. Like, obviously, I want Canada to do well, yeah. but I'm all about exciting hockey at the same time. It's no fun watching 8-1, 8-1, 8-1. Let's make it a game. Yeah, nobody nobody wants to see that. Uh, I'll, I'll accept that I could have some uh, <laughs> some minor heart failure, but I think it's worth it. Uh, Matt, thanks for taking some time out to talk World Juniors. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll look to have you back on the show sooner rather than later because we have to do a look in on how our midseason uh, NHL uh, picks and predictions are doing. Uh, hopefully we can do that pre-All-Star I look forward break. to it. I've definitely been watching a little bit uh, to see <laughs> see where some of our ballsy statements are leading us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll no see run. what happens. Thanks for doing this, Matt. That does it for this week's episode of the Armchair Commentary. I would like to just take a minute here to say... Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners who have taken time out of their days throughout this year to listen to any of our episodes. Uh, I couldn't be more thrilled about how things have been uh, going. We're up over 500 total listens, thanks to you guys. We have, you know, more than uh, 300 followers on our Instagram. We are definitely in a great position uh, for 2020, and I am very excited to see what the future brings for this podcast. I would like to thank... Uh, all of my guests throughout the year it includes Anthony, Steve, Derek, Aaron, uh, Vic, Matthew, Zach, uh, and I don't know if I'm, oh, Jack, Jack, poor Jack, always coming in, talking our fantasy guru, uh, gets to come in and talk about Patriots and uh, Bill Walsh Niners, and uh, hopefully next year we can have Jack on talking about some uh, DFS baseball, as well as, hopefully, um, some uh, positive Raider talk just for Jack. We'll have a pro Raider show. Um, it has been an interesting year in sports, and I thank you all for, uh, for taking the time. Uh, let's do it again next week.